We have returned from the barbecue capital of the United States to discuss all that went down in the 2023 NFL Draft. So as I clean the sauce from under my nails, let us wrap up the Push Off Podcast, Season 6. Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast. It's your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened in the 2023 NFL Draft and gets you ready uh, for a cold off season without your Push Off boys for a couple of months. I'm your host Scott Hogan and joining us as always, it's... Dan, I judge my quarterbacks by their pocket presence and my barbecue by their brisket. Right. There you go, Dan. Yep, we, uh... We made the trip to Kansas City. We survived. We're back now in our homes and ready to discuss all that we saw and all that we experienced in the 2023 NFL Draft. So much, so much draft. This is the <laughs> the second time that we've been to uh, to a live draft outside of Chicago. Yes, that's and good way, um, very different experience, which we'll get into. But uh, man, it was. All draft all the time uh, from like the moment we got into Missouri uh, till the moment we left. Uh, there's yeah, just pure draft. Everything you went to was up. Uh, you're here for the draft. Oh, OK, great. Like the whole city was kind of alive for it, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we drove in on uh, on Thursday all the way from Chicago and drove out on Saturday. Spent a lot of time on the road. But uh we're still going to sit here and talk to each other about football some more. <laughs> it's it's the that. last time for for a little while, you know. That we'll be, too. You know, yeah. we'll be talking about it. Uh, we'll be texting back and forth, but no podcast for, uh, you know, at least a good part of the summer. So that's a in long pre- time. Yeah, in previous seasons, I think we kind of had an idea. Last year felt good that we take a break after this episode. So that's the plan here. This is technically going to be our final episode of season six mm-hmm. and um when we return it'll be closer to like gosh uh, preseason even um yeah it'd be probably sometime in august yeah yeah so it's going to be some months and then uh we'll try to catch up on all the nfl news that happened but uh, obviously there's going to be some things but until then uh let's enjoy today <laughs> and we're going to talk about the uh the draft uh as as we arrived in um Kansas City and and then Lenexa where we stayed we got the news that Lamar Jackson got his extension he got paid maybe well that I heard we heard earlier in the week that talks restarted and they lined it up for let's let's do a Thursday right before the draft started so the he gets uh the previous MVP five years 160 million dollars it is 185 million guaranteed which is not as much guaranteed as kyler murray apparently but he's averaging about 58 million a year which sounds pretty good he is the highest paid nfl player in the league i'd take it i would take uh the salary of the lowest paid nfl player in the (laughs) league uh that'd be fine by me but yeah this is a lot of money and this is kind of the way it needed to happen especially when jalen hurts gets this you know big money contract daniel jones gets a big money contract there's not Kyler a real Murray. debate. Yeah, there's not a real debate that 
Lamar is not as good or better than Daniel Jones, right? Mm, so right. that's the floor. That's where it happens. And you go, okay, we can have a conversation about Jalen Hurts, but he needs to be in that area. Um, but once the Jalen Hurts deal got done, the thought is that like that was the roadmap, and you just got to beat that now. And once mm-hmm. you beat that, you don't have to beat it by a million dollars because the Deshaun Jackson, or sorry, the Deshaun Watson contract is just so fucking ridiculous, and everyone accepts that it's so fucking ridiculous that it's not going to happen again for a long time. We don't know if that's what Lamar accepted, though. I wonder if he was looking for the fully guaranteed full deal. I mean, I'm I sure assume he asked that's for it. yeah. I assume that's it was at least the starting line, but um, this is not fully guaranteed. There is some some room there. Um, I'm sure injury clause and the like and things are probably in there. I didn't read every line of this contract, but um, what it does mean is Lamar Jackson had a hell of a weekend. He gets his extension. He's he's solidified in there. This is the big money uh, first ex- extended contract. And then uh, it seemed like the Ravens kind of continued their con- their their weekend of, of, of focusing on Lamar and getting mm-hmm. this team better. Yeah, so and they – they certainly did. I mean, they they gave Lamar plenty of weapons uh, for this year. I I really I liked what they did in the draft. I don't love how much money they gave Odell Beckham, but if he's something, um, I think they had a really good off season, all things considered. I would agree. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's jump into the draft then. I mean, honestly, that was the oh, yeah. news that will hit the draft, and um, from here. We'll kind of start at the beginning, I guess. There's some fun stuff that happens throughout, but um, the first round is the the headliner. Carolina Panthers on the clock. They were going to take a quarterback. Me and Dan kind of were between two guys, but it ended up being Alabama's Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, he was the the favorite, right? He's the guy that's supposed to be supernaturally responsive on an NFL field, um, even though he's never played on an NFL field. <laughs> I just don't like the build. I don't like the arm strength. But they were clearly decided upon this a long time ago when they, they traded up so. and made the move. So, you know, Carolina got their man. Uh, you can't say that they they panicked. They they made the decision that they were going to make weeks and weeks ago. So it makes sense to me. Yeah. This is a trade up. You got a new head coach, uh, somewhat new uh, front office, and you needed a quarterback. So you're going to pick one of these guys. You're going to make that uh, stake in the um, ground claim. You moved up from nine to do it. It's not a crazy move, but it is going to cost you your future. So here you go. Bryce Young it is. You're now attached to these guys, and uh, here and we go. Uh, Carolina, we go. Um, from there, the Houston Texans uh, picked second, and you know they were telling, well, we might not go quarterback. We might go something else, but they did. And uh, fooled me. Uh, well, I guess fooled both of us. We didn't think we uh, they were going to go C.J. Stroud. They did. Uh, we thought they were going to go Will Anderson. Now, what is funny is they also <laughs> did that. Yeah. They they decided that, you know what, that is a great pick. We are also going to take Will Anderson. They gave up a lot to move up. But yeah. if you listen to our podcast and you believe what I've been talking about, Will Anderson is one of my favorite defensive prospects in years. So you get my number one rated quarterback, you get my number one rated player, and my number one rated defender over the past couple of years. E, that's that's a pretty good draft haul for day one. I, I know you gave up some stuff, but that's all theoretical. You just got two really good players. Got two really good players. Um, it, you give it up for Texans, who honestly the last few seasons have kind of been um, 
stuck. They haven't had a chance to make moves like this. There was that draft when they did get uh, the quarterback prior to this um, out of Stanford. What's his name? It, it, oh, it Davis was like Mills. Their, it, Davis Mills was their first pick that dra- that draft from the third round. Yeah. So they, they, yeah, they didn't have a lot of chance to do this until now. So they decided this is the draft where they're going to build a team and start start that here. It's if you're gonna have pick two and three of an NFL draft, hell yeah, you better have it the right guys chose. Exactly, because yeah. of course you're gonna walk away with two. You know, you should walk away with two blue chips. Um, C.J. Stroud was not an elite prospect for you, but Will Anderson was. Yeah, Will Anderson absolutely was, and C.J. Stroud was my number one rated quarterback. So yeah. in my mind, this is about as close to blue chip, you know, all in as you can be. And for D'Amico Ryan's to be a rookie head coach coming in with a a top two and a top three pick at his disposal, there's no real excuses um, over mm-hmm. the next two or three years about like, well, this isn't really the team that I wanted. The cupboard was pretty bare. They're reloading it with the guys that they want. Um, I think if C.J. Stroud shows anything, you know, shows any sort of uh, ability over the next year or so, you're probably looking at a, a destination for free agents as well because there's no income tax in Texas. So right. that's a nice place to be uh, if you're a free agent. Yeah. Um no, the hell of a move. Uh obviously we when you know we we might we don't see these trades uh set up, but I I don't think anybody expected a trade like that from Houston. So ballsy no. uh ballsy move by Texans and we'll just have to see how it all plans out with these two big picks. Indianapolis Colts fourth. They were going to take a quarterback no matter what. Unfortunate to them, two guys were already gone, but they didn't waver either. Uh, whether it was always Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud as the top two quarterbacks to them, they fell in love with an Anthony Richardson apparently, or so they'd make us believe that's who was picked out of Florida at fourth overall. Well, I mean, he is a ton of potential. You know, if nothing else, the man has one of the most stocked up bodies, arms, everything you've been asking for. He's a Jamarcus Russell without the uh, major problems. So, I mean, I'll, I'll take that. That's not too bad. Um, You had Anthony Richardson not going too far after this. I actually had Will Levis going in this spot, which makes him one of the biggest drops I think I've had. But uh, we knew it was going to be a quarterback, and with – the other two gone, it was probably going to be one of those two. I mean, Levis ends up going in the second round and is the next quarterback off here. But, yeah, Anthony Richardson makes it three quarterbacks and three quarterbacks total in the first round. None others go uh, after this. It's um, kind of a surprise when there was like this, well, probably Levis and maybe even Hooker thought uh, heading into Thursday. But um, though no other quarterbacks went in this first round, this was a heavy quarterback draft. Yeah, it really was. I mean, there more quarterbacks were selected in this draft than any in the past like 10 years. I didn't see that stat exactly, but I just know that there's a long list of quarterbacks drafted. And everybody was kind of talking about it by day three going, this is kind of the um, uh, Brock Purdy effect. Like, it, it just take a chance. Who knows? You kind of need a lot of quarterbacks on your roster these days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the 49ers have definitely been like, hey, well, you'll go through three. Yeah. Get the way things are going, you got another game out here. You need to have two capable QBs. So, might as well go out there and try to, you know, breed one if you can. And if you get a chance, yeah, to throw one of these guys late picks up there and, and see how they play, you never know when you strike gold like that. So, 
is there a new Mr. Irrelevant type of quarterback out there that one of these guys got? Maybe. But as we're talking about the first round, I'll stick with that. Uh, Young, Stroud, and Richardson are our first-round draft pick quarterbacks. Um, and just poor guy, you know, Will Levis being like, hey, we're going to take Levis early. It's like, no, no, they're not. You're going to yeah. wait for a while. After those three, it it really did feel like he was going to be waiting for a little while. Yeah, all of that pump talk a week in, uh, prior of Will Levis jumping up the boards and the betting lines must have just been fuel for somebody to get some money out of other people betting on it, and they probably did. Because unfortunately, Will Levis did sit there. Um, there was four guys. Will Levis is one of them. I'll say this now: there's four guys who went to the green room on Thursday to be picked and were not. Um, this is something that the NFL makes a big deal on. The whole like, oh, it's so embarrassing. They're sitting there in the green room, and the cameras keep going to them. We don't see that as much anymore because we're not sitting in the uh, in New York where there's not much to show on the TV. They can cut to the the bands and the huge crowds and all the stuff Kansas City was doing. But four guys went there with their families and then had to sulk back to the hotel. And you know it, it probably doesn't feel great. But it, Will Levis, um, who ended up going to the Titans when the second pick in the uh, day two at thirty third overall. Yeah, uh, Keon White, who ends up going to the Patriots in the second. I, all these guys do end up going in the Didn't second round. Didn't seem happy round. about it. <laughs> no, no, no. Going to the Patriots, second round. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. was the very first pick of the day, going to the Steelers, his dad's old team, at 32nd overall. So in the long run, I'm sure he was upset he didn't go first overall, but he'll look back saying, oh, this is probably the best thing for me. Uh, and then Brian Branch, who was there, was went uh, second round to the Lions. Yeah, Brian Brent, we had him going. I I had him with a second-round grade, but I kept hearing that he was going to get taken somewhere in the first, but I think he got taken where his value is. Yeah, I didn't have him in the first round. I didn't mock him in the first round, but I wouldn't have been surprised if he did go. I'm a little bit surprised he fell. Uh, that might have been a good pick for the Lions after the first two were kind of head scratches. We'll talk about that as we're going through this first round. So let me let me jump back to that. Let's We did the first four. That took care of the first big three quarterbacks. Uh, pick five... Uh, through, let's say, well, no, I'll go, uh, yeah, Seahawks picked five, and they went with Devin Witherspoon. Kind of interesting, because there were some other guys on on the, uh, the the line to be picked here, some elites from Dan. Um, Not a tremendous had... surprise, though, considering the Seahawks have been drafting very poorly for the past couple of years, <laughs> in the first round especially. They take who they want, yeah, and uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We'll see what Devin Witherspoon does. Danny... Dan, of course, you didn't have him nearly this high. I had him no. coming up here, but I did have Christian. We both had Christian Gonzalez ahead of him. Uh, Cardinals, who traded back, um, trade back up. So Cardinals traded down with the Texans and then decided we're not going to wait that long. We're not going to wait all the way to 12. So they trade up and get Paris Johnson, uh, the guy that Kyler Murray wanted. So now all of a sudden with the, uh, the, the old... Uh, front office out of there and old coaching staff that seems like the new guys do want to listen to Kyler a little bit. I mean, that does make sense, though. When you have a, a quarterback that's injured, that's hurt, you go, hey, maybe we can go get a really athletic left tackle here uh, <laughs> before they start flying off the board. I, I think it makes sense. Carolina, oh, sorry, uh, Arizona's offensive line has not been good for a number of years. So yeah. if you can get even one or two players when Kyler gets healthy uh, that can hold up that left side of the line, I think that's really going to help him moving forward. 
Um, and we didn't have him going much later either, so it doesn't really feel no. like too much of a reach here. Uh, Raiders take Tyree Wilson. They got to be happy about that. That's a, oh yeah, that's a, a fall. Uh, honestly, Raiders this draft all of a sudden kind of came out of the smoke and they started picking <laughs> people that made sense now. Oh, oh, you mean the Raiders who had my top rated draft this year? Is that right? Yeah, okay, my number one rated draft. They're top to bottom. They actually had a really good one. Yeah, we ha- I have some winners, losers kind of like written out there as I was looking at them too, so we'll hit those. But yeah, Raiders looked good this year. Falcons go with Bijan. So Bijan Robinson, there was a top. Where would this guy fit? Um, now that he is going to the Falcons, it just makes sense. They love to run the ball. They have uh, Cordell Patterson and Algier right now who aren't yeah. guys that you can really count on to lead your team like that. They're not top of the NFL rushers. Bijan Robinson could easily step in as rookie of the year here uh, if these quarterbacks um, don't take it. I mean, it's it's tough not to not to give it to a quarterback, so he's got a lot of uphill battle here. But he should be a name that we look out for. Absolutely. Uh, and then we got the Eagles, who decided they're not going to wait uh, and needed to step up one spot over the Bears. Uh, to start taking uh, Bulldogs. Um, we're going to be calling them the Philadelphia Bulldogs from now on. <laughs> that was what this weekend was about, is changing the team in Philadelphia for the team that uh, attended collegiate class in Georgia. Two-time sco- national champions. Yeah, well. two-time national champions, very strong defense, kind of getting blended over there into the midnight uh, green. Where where does Georgia go to school? I'm kind of getting uh, into this uh, town in <laughs> where the where the towns are. These schools uh, actually uh, oh, are located. It, I thought they were in Athens. That sounds about right. Athens, yeah, Georgia. I Georgia Bulldogs are out of Athens. I'm but... sitting in front of a computer, but I'm not going to look it up. Well, anyways, no, no, no <laughs> Jalen Carter is going to the Eagles. Um, Dan, obviously, you weren't too excited about this at the moment. No, it sucks. I wanted him to go to the Bears, which I'm sure you wouldn't have been excited for. But, Mm-mm. you know, he was our second-rated prospect um, in this year's draft. He's a really good defensive player. I don't want the Eagles reloading with talented defenders. It wasn't the last time in the first round that they did that, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, Jalen Carter, there's a part of me that really hopes this kid does not get his act together uh, yeah. for the sake of the Eagles. But for his own sake, I hope he does, and I hope he's as dominant as, as I uh, thought he was going to be and just, you know, is always injured when he plays the Cowboys. That'd be great. Uh, that's the top ten picks, or the Bears? The Bears, right? The Bears then 10. came up, and uh, I thought reached a little bit. They, we knew they were going to go offensive line though, because I had Skaronski, you had Jones going to him. And he, they go Darnell Wright, um, but Paris Johnson was gone because the Cardinals took him early. There mm. were other tackles that they maybe could take. I think you probably liked Broderick Jones a little bit better than Darnell Wright. I did, yeah. But they get a, they still get offensive line help, and we'll see how it pans out for them. Um, you never know with those guys. It kind of depends on the situation they get put into. Um, that leaves the next pick with the Titans, who, well, now we'll run through them here about like five at a time here. We'll go say Titans, yeah. go with Skaronski. Lions, who uh, traded back here, decide to stick with this pick and go with Jameer Gibbs, Alabama. Um, Packers are taking Lucas Van Ness and the Steelers take Broderick Jones there. What are your thoughts about those five, Dan? Broderick Jones makes a ton of sense. They need another big athletic tackle to uh, to protect Kenny Pickett. 
Um, Lucas Van Ness, this is kind of where we had him going. Um, Green Bay needs another pass rusher aside from Rashawn Gary, so get another one out of the Big Ten. Jameer Gibbs, if he is Alvin Kamara, this is a great pick, even though they eventually do wind up trading uh, DeAndre Swift to the fucking Eagles, of course. And then Skaronsky, if he's a guard, I think this is a great pickup for Tennessee. If he's a tackle, I think he's going to wash out and move inside in about a year or two. Yeah, um, a lot of talk has been about Skaronsky being a guard, like taking over for uh, who's the guy that Titans have had as a guard for the longest of time um, when he finally hangs it up. Uh, Luan. Oh, right? Taylor Luan? Yeah. As a tackle. Who? Taylor Wan's been playing tackle for him. Did yeah, he's he not playing tackle. Okay, well they they move. Uh, they can put him next to him then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Jameer Gibbs pick. You've been saying it that uh, Campbell was there in New Orleans when Kamara got drafted and perhaps fell in love with that type of offense. So maybe we see them try to use him that way. But yeah, another running back taken that early. And neither of us after signing David Montgomery. Yes, and I mean then they moved Swift shortly thereafter. Uh, who also, you know, goes to where all of his previous college buddies are <laughs> there in Georgia. So he goes to Philadelphia. But this tells me they couldn't have thought anything other than Jameer Gibbs was the best player available on the board. That's right. That's the only right. thing I can think. Like, there's Willing no reason to get for rid of a guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And they had another first-round pick coming up in a little bit. So they were willing to go with Gibbs here. Um, Yeah, and the Packers staying away from offense with their first-round pick – as dictates uh, succession. <laughs> so fine. Um, after that, after Broderick Jones, it was Jets taking Will McDonald the fourth out of Iowa State, one of the guys we actually did not mm-hmm. uh, do a prospect look at. Commanders took Emmanuel Forbes, Dan's favorite cornerback. <sighs> next one. Patriots. Yeah, Patriots took Christian Gonzalez, who we thought was going to be the best corner, the number one cornerback off the board. And then the Lions, when they came back up, I guess I'm doing this almost by four, <laughs> uh, they went with Jack Campbell uh, out of Iowa. Which I thought was a reach, but this is this is what Dan Campbell wants to do, right? He wants to have a running game. He wants to draft pursuit linebackers. He is valuing stopping the run and running the ball. That's what this tells you about the Detroit Lions, which isn't a, a surprise in terms of the ethos. It's just I feel like both of these guys, you could have waited I feel like you could have waited on Jack Campbell till the second round. I feel like you could have waited on Jameer Gibbs until this pick at 18. Um, I feel like at any point in time they could have added a guy like Lucas Van Ness if they wanted to, uh, Broderick Jones to help their run game. There were a few guys they could have picked up that I think would have helped them more, or even Emmanuel Forbes with that 12th pick. That immediately helps a secondary that is weakened and you're moving guys out. They didn't address the secondary. Yeah, um, I thought Lions were going to be doing that too. I these two picks I don't really care for, and I think we kind of made that clear when we were looking at prospect groups, and you say, you know, these are good players, but they don't need to be picked this early because they're going to no. be available at this time. And I, if uh, that's something that the front office alliance decided they weren't going to worry about and they were just going to work their board and get the guys that they liked and no position grouping mattered, Hey, more power to you. We'll see if that works out. But yeah. it probably led you to a problem when you went back and looked at, like, yeah, your cornerback group and realized, shoot, we're down to our 20th guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Uh, sometimes that was going to happen there. So that didn't work out for them. Uh, but there was a cornerback run that happened right before them with Emmanuel Forbes, Christian Gonzalez. These guys might be asked to be starters right away for their teams with commanders and Patriots who are filling some needs. Um, Jets, Will McDonald, the fourth. Dan, anything you want to say about him since we didn't get the chance prior this? Uh, he's an undersized linebacker. He's going to be a pressure front linebacker for him. Um, it's hilarious that, of course, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers and then do not spend this on an offensive <laughs> weapon for him. Um, you know, there weren't a ton available in terms of off- offensive weapons, and they, they do have a decent offensive line, but Jackson Smith and Jigba was here. Uh, yeah. You could have picked him. Uh, instead, I think he's a much better player, but Will McDonald fourth, if this is what they want for their defense, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, he, we didn't expect him as a first rounder either. If you no. look at our mocks, so this was kind of a surprise and maybe a reach as well. Uh, after the Lions, the Buccaneers took Kalijah Cansey. Um, I had him around here. I actually had him the Lions right before that. Dan, you did not have him as a first round uh, talent. I think. I think you said early second round for Cansey. Yeah, but uh, just the way I kind of had Kyle Hamilton, where I was like, I don't really love this guy as a safety. And then he goes to the Ravens, and I'm like, well, fuck, now he's going to be great. Uh, this is kind of a similar situation mm. with Cansey where I'm like, all right, well, you're going to play next to Vita Vea, so all of your liabilities that I thought about you being a little undersized, a little punchy against the run, Vita Vea is going to take care of that. You can focus on being a traditional press-the-pocket press uh, three technique. So this is a great spot for Kalaja Cansey. Yeah. Um, this leads us to pick number 20th, and at this point no wide receivers have been gone yet. After last year it seemed like a race for them, and, and you're spending all this money on them now. It took until pick 20th for the Seahawks to take Jackson Smith to Jigba. There goes Dan's third um, elite off the board. Chargers go with Quentin Johnson. Ravens, Zay Flowers to add to uh, Lamar's good day, and my Vikings took Jordan Addison out of USC. If you needed a wide receiver, this is the spot, and if you missed it, you missed it. Um, no kidding. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the thing that worries me is that Seattle hasn't had a good first-round pick in ages, so I, I worry for him. But um, this, to me, made up for their reach for Devin Witherspoon. I thought he was a great value here at 20. Uh, Quentin Johnson, they just love big motherfuckers catching the ball out there in uh, in Los Angeles for the Chargers. And Zay Flowers, speedy wide receiver. They had a spot for Hollywood Brown. This replaces that spot for Hollywood Brown. He's going to be a stretch-the-field uh, player, and I thought he was had better hands than Hollywood, honestly. And Jordan Addison, the route technician. you know. So Kirk Cousins is going to absolutely be able to throw the ball without looking because his wide receivers are just going to be where they're supposed to be. I thought this is a great pickup, too. Yeah. Um, four wide receivers immediately. I couldn't figure out where the Vikings wanted to go. There a lot of that uh, smoke about them trading up or taking cornerbacks. There were cornerbacks available at that spot, but Jordan Addison um, steps right in to be uh, a wide receiver. That means we don't have to hold on to Jalen Rager. We don't have to expect nope. the uh, – I think he was a fourth rounder out of um, Michigan State to step up uh, right away too, so – I feel bad for KJ Osborne because this is makes him a little uphill battle to be wide receiver too. Sure. But uh, you want that competition in in the um, in the back end, and sometimes it takes a moment for the wide receivers to pick up all of those routes. But yeah, you got a guy that has done a lot of them in the NFL for Pitt and for USC, and then he comes in and, and yeah, could collect targets if if they want to double JJ or 
spend some time worrying about uh, Hawkinson. So a lot of weapons on offense. That's fine. Let the rich get richer. Um, Zay Flowers is a fast, speedy little guy for the Ravens. They seem to like those guys, and Hollywood Brown's gone now. And the Chargers like the big, tall wide receivers like Quentin Johnson going to go up with the catch radius like Mike Williams. So they all kind of take guys that they're like that. What is cool about Jackson Smith and Jigba going to 20 is I think both me and Dan thought he'd almost fall into top 10. Like he'd fall, somebody take him up there that high, and they get him there. So good value there for the Seahawks. Great job there. Giants get Deontay Banks at 24. Bills take Dalton Kincaid, the tight end, after that. Your Cowboys, Mazzy Smith, Michigan. Of course, they're taking a Michigan guy for you. Mm-hmm. And then the Jaguars took Anton Harrison, which um, was we're watching with Pat. He didn't get overly excited about the tackle pick, but when do you usually? Tackles are not sexy picks, but I thought this was, you know, we talked about Anton Harrison. We had him as a second-round grade, but this is the end of the first. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of first round talents. This makes sense. Uh, Mozzie Smith, if we're committed to stopping the run, this is the pick. Um, I didn't love Dalton Kincaid, so the Bills jumping up to take him ahead of the Cowboys didn't bother me too much. Um, And Deontay Banks, this is a nice athletic corner that's going to be kind of a man coverage guy for New York. So if he puts it together, fantastic. He's got a great athletic profile. But this was a good – this was a run of kind of not sexy picks uh, for all four of the teams, but we're kind of getting into that part of the draft where they're not quite as sexy as they were. Yeah, not a lot of big guys fell down here, so they took the guys that were on their board, and they probably were smart with that. Um, after them, there were a couple guys that we knew were going to go first round, kind of went late. Back-to-back Clemson, Miles Murphy to the Bengals, Brian Brzee to the Saints, uh, Nolan Smith to the Eagles here, and then the Chiefs finish it off at home with a little homer pick with Felix and Udike Uzama out of Kansas State. The only other guy on the first round that, Dan, we did not do a deep dive on. Two yeah. of 31. Not too shabby. That's not bad. I mean, every <laughs> did everybody we scouted get drafted? I wanted to, I, didn't, I don't know if we looked at that. Oh, um, I think we got pretty much everybody except for the punters. I'd like to see Cameron Peoples go somewhere, P.J. Mustafer. Yeah, Those are they, kind of the guys that were... On yeah, a bubble, bottom maybe churn. not getting picked, but but oh, uh, and I think the and Udike Azoma, uh, this makes sense. I mean, you have this and George Karlaftis. They're redoing their, you know, this is now a young defense because um, yeah. they're saying, hey, I think we're good on offense. Pat Mahomes has got this handled. Let's address the defense to make it easier on him as the things go forward. Uh, Nolan Smith was the highest ranked Georgia player, so of course he went to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Brian Brzee to the Saints. This is a guy that, if he puts it together, this is a home run pick at 29. And Miles Murphy, uh, going to give you a solid baseline, and let's see if you can untap uh, that potential. So this is not sexy here, um, with the exception of the Eagles. I think that's the sexiest pick. He was my second-rated pass rusher this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this the end of the first round, you're going, okay, these are we're starting to get into this like borderline second-round talent area. Um, and then the second round I thought was really rich with talent. Yeah, some teams maybe got uh, guys that just other teams didn't fall in love with enough. But um, looking at our mocks, there were just only a few guys that we thought were going to be first-rounders that didn't go. Both you and me had Drew Sanders as a Mm -hmm. first-rounder. He go in the second? I think, right? He didn't fall into the third, did he? Uh, He went into the second, yeah. Second round. Joey Porter Jr. I had in the first round, but he went first pick in the second round. We both had Osiris Torrance going in the first. He didn't go into later. 
Dewan Jones really fell, I think, third or maybe even, I think it was the third rounder. Uh, he was fourth round. Fourth, dang, third day. Um, And then the big one, though, Michael Mayer, Dan's last of the four elites of our prospect look. He didn't go until the second round. He didn't go far into the second round. It was pick 35. Yeah. To the Raiders, though, which is a mighty nice uh, fit for him. Yeah, this is a great spot. I mean, this is the first elite we've had fall out of the first round, so probably the steal of the draft by that uh, same logic. Yeah. Uh, Michael Mayer is going to do great in Vegas, especially you know working with a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo who loves feeding tight ends. It just makes sense to me. But, yeah, I thought the second round is actually full of a lot of guys that were, uh, you know, not really reaches. Who yeah, are so some of the guys that step out in the second round? We won't go pick for pick now, but what do you like? So my my thoughts of how I didn't like what the Lions did in the first round, I thought they did a great job on day two because they take Sam Laporta, who we did like as a tight mm-hmm. end uh, out of Iowa. They take Brian Branch, where we thought he should go. Um, so they did address the secondary here, which is a problem for them. And then in you know the third round, they wind up taking our second-rated quarterback, um, you know our boy out of Tennessee. So I thought that was a really good second day for them. And then the Chargers getting uh, Tui Tupiloto, uh, Tui Piloto, uh, that's fucking solid. They did a great job. You had Tuli as a first-round talent, and um, yeah, the uh, the Hendon Hooker pick in the third round, early third round for the Lions mean that they could maybe use him as a future guy because, like you said, Goff is, what, 30 now? He's, uh, <laughs> well, actually, heading... Goff, is only, uh, Goff is younger than I thought he was. Um, is that so, right? Yeah, Goff is only like 28. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, hey, if you're always looking for competition, so we'll see what happens with Hooker. Obviously, he can't play right away, so we'll see, you know, once he's healthy, I, he's aiming towards trying to – have some playing time here yeah. before and, the season kicks off. And also a third-round quarterback is not an immediate challenge. This is exactly where you should take a guy like him if you don't want to give him the reins to your team. You're in the third round. We're giving you a chance to heal up. And if you go in there and you push Jared Goff out, nobody's going to be real mad at you, you know, except for Jared Goff. Like, everybody would like that. And then if you can get a guy on a rookie quarterback deal for the next four years – and get Jared Goff's cap hit out of there, I think that's going to make the Lions even more dangerous. So I thought the Lions had a much better day two than they did day one. So to me, they're my day two winner. Okay. But looking through here, yeah, there's a lot of names that look familiar. And guys, if you didn't listen to all of our uh, deep dive ones, you can go back and listen to a completely bias-free look because Dan doesn't know what team these guys go to yet. He didn't know that that guy, you know, that Nolan Smith was going to be an Eagle yet when he gushed on him. So you want to go back now and look. Uh, Talking about second-round picks, uh, we talk about, you know, Matthew Bergeron that the Falcons take. So if you're a Falcons fan listening to this, go back to that. They're going to run the ball. Musgrave. Actually, Packers took two tight ends in this draft. We talk about both of them. I know. Uh, Jets took Joe Tipman, another offensive lineman. Uh, this guy we did talk about. Uh, Keon White, the Patriots told you that. Cody Motch to the Buccaneers. Um, you've seen the uh, pictures now of what's his name, who they already had there with the red hair and missing teeth as well on the offensive line. <laughs> like He's just fitting in nicely already for the Buccaneers. Um Gervin Dexter Sr., the tackle, he's going to the Bears. Zach Charbonnet, the pick right before him, to Seattle. John Michael Schmitz to the Giants. Giants actually had a really good day, too, as well, if i, I got to give him credit there. I thought Deontay Banks is what he is, but their second round, they added some some solid talent. 
All right. Um, anything up for the, the the later rounds, Dan? Um, third round passed. Well, guys that step out. Dewan Jones, obviously, I thought he was a fucking you know tremendous steal for them. I, I was fucking furious when he went. I mean, he went to the Browns. It's not a, a direct one for me. Keely Ringo falling all the way to the third round, which yeah. apparently Ringo's got some knee issues I didn't know about. Mm. So that might explain part of his fall because the the athletic profile is there. Um, Drew Sanders. This was is also third in the third round to Denver. Yeah, Drew Dang. Sanders. Yeah. Oh man, he. F- oh yeah, sorry, he fell the all the way to the fourth pick. I mean, early third. Um, and then uh, what was it? Uh, Jake Moody, <laughs> third round as a kicker. So yeah, you know, I'm glad we did kick. talk about him. That's very San early. San Francisco taking a kicker that early. That was impressive. Yeah. It's solid, um, but uh, yeah, Aiden O'Connell was also a guy we didn't talk too much about as as a Purdue quarterback, but he went to the Vegas Raiders in the fourth round. It's the last pick, and that's going to be interesting because they're going to try to develop him. So you thought the Raiders had a really good draft. Any other winners, Dan, that you think coming off? This is the very early, who knows, but this is what you listen to the podcast about, winners and losers. I, I thought the Bengals did a good job, too. Um, you know, they take Miles Murphy, you got DJ Turner and Jordan Battle, so you're really addressing your defense right there. You feel like your offense is in a really good spot. They didn't take a wide receiver till Charlie Jones. Um, I wish they had added to the offensive line, but if you're taking best player available, it is what it is. Um, if you loved what Carolina did, that makes sense. I, I thought the Ravens had a pretty good one in Trenton Simpson in the second round. Um, and then picking up Andrew Voorhees in the seventh round. So that's another boomer bust type guy. That's going to be great. And um, uh, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. yeah, I just thought there were there weren't a lot of like absolute fucking stinker drafts. I thought the Lions redeemed themselves in the second round in the second day. Um, I don't know what the fucking Packers were doing, but they're just trying to remake their team from scratch, it seems. So yeah, it'd be interesting. This is all the the coaches set up now, and he can decide where he wants to go from there. We talked about the Texans already, and of course, you got to have a good draft when you got those picks. The Eagles and their uh, need to make them all, you know, uh, national champions, and the Seahawks getting Smith and Jigba early. But I I like the Steelers. Broderick uh, yeah. Jones in the middle of the first round was something they needed, and it was a smart pick. And then. You're still able to get Joey Porter Jr. to go there, which some people were mocking to you in the first round. Um, Darnell Washington at the end of the third round could, you know, he's got that ceiling, right? He could oh, turn into something. And, um, yeah, so I mean, even people were kind of excited the fourth round Nick Herbig, Wisconsin linebacker. Yeah, and the Indianapolis Colts, I have no idea if their draft was good. I have no idea if their draft was insane, but they took a bunch of freak athletes. So they took Anthony Richardson, Julius Brents, and Josh Downs. Um, and also Blake Freeland, who is a fucking freak. So they took a bunch of freaks and then Will Mallory uh, as a late-round pick. So they had a very interesting draft to me. I can't call it good because mm-hmm. none of those guys to me are like plug-and-play right now. They're all guys that need to be worked on and tweaked. Um, but, yeah, those – and I actually didn't think the – I thought the New England Patriots had a pretty good draft too. They wound up taking Christian Gonzalez, who we liked. Keon White, who even though we had him a second-round grade, that's an immediate athlete coming in. Uh, they picked up Kayshawn Booty um, yeah. and kind of took a, a waiver on him. So, you know, we'll see if that one goes. And they did draft a kicker, uh, Chad Ryland. So, you know, they're making changes. 
Yeah, and then you're right. As for losses, it's really hard to say because even the Lions have picks we like. I was looking at the Jets and even them. Yeah, I'm not, it wasn't too exciting with them. The Will McDonald, as we thought, reach. Joe Tipman is kind of early in the second round for a center of his mm-hmm. caliber, but who's to say uh, what these guys will turn into? Of course, there's always surprises, so we're going to have to figure that out as we go forward. Um, I, I, as far as other things than the weekend, Dan, I guess that's kind of it for the draft catch-up. Let's talk about Kansas City. Let's talk yeah. about we drove out there, what would have took us like seven and a half hours from where we are in the Chicago area, through some of the uh, flattest uh, lands that the United States has to offer to hang out there in Kansas City. Um, and we did the draft. We did the city itself. What are our thoughts? Uh, well, I, I do have to address one thing because I said I would. Um, we had a bet with Pat, with Engineer Pat, that okay. he could not run a 40 time under 5-4. Um, and by my clock, he came in at a 5-2, which is highly respectable for a man in his early 40s. <laughs> so well done. Uh, just blazing speed. Uh, I wouldn't draft him, um, <laughs> but he's a priority free agent. Um, he got himself a nice dinner out of that. Barbecue's fantastic. Uh, yeah. The city of Kansas City is lovely, very interesting. I thought the draft itself was very... I, I was complaining about this, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You heard it a lot, but it was, logistically, it seemed like the NFL was like, we want all of your money. Yeah. When we did the one in Nashville, they're like, we would like a lot of your money, but also please patronize these Nashville establishments. It seemed like everything about Kansas City was outside the draft this year. It was very closed off. And uh, the NFL just didn't seem like it was ready for the amount of people that actually did show up. Um, Because they started running out of beer the first night we were there. Which, uh, that's a pretty big problem. You got about 60,000 people coming down and you're running out of beer at 6 p.m. before the draft even starts. Yeah, you're right. As far as like reaching out to the uh, businesses, there were tents there like a food uh, street fest would have. If you've ever been to one of those, it's that type of feeling. But you couldn't where in Nashville, you know, even be in their establishments or up close to it, they were very separated. Um, this was a sea of red. Listen, the Kansas City Chiefs oh won the Super Bowl last year, so even though they are picking at the end of the very first round and picking the end of these rounds and maybe not in a spot where they can get a, f- you know, big-name guy. We, I mean, we didn't really prospect watch their first-round pick. Uh, it doesn't matter because they are winning – big games and everyone's excited about it so what we came to find out is where the stage and the uh viewing party to watch the 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 picks was set up is exactly the same place where they did the super bowl finale party at the end of the uh parade and talking to chiefs fans there they're like yeah we kind of filled that just as chiefs fans in mid-february in kansas city so inviting 31 other teams franchise you know fans to this thing probably could have told you it was going to need more room (laughs) now they did they added the whole world war one museum park behind it but what that all was was where they set up the 40-yard dash that we did we did the field goal kick we did the uh vertical and we did the um hail mary it was called which was like throwing into the buckets of uh, nets and i stole Um, a football and dan and dan took one of the dukes um (laughs) we got to do those four and we probably did all of it in three and a half hours like 
the lines were pretty outrageous. Now, again, like Dan said, we are three men, 36 years and plus, <laughs> I'll say it that way, that uh, um, we want specific things out of this draft. There were a lot of kids that have a lot of fun things to for mm-hmm. them to do with this draft. So if you have uh, a football fan uh, child at home, that might be a fun thing to take them to. Uh, expect a Disney-like packed atmosphere, though, at wherever they do it next. If Detroit, I mean, Detroit better have a lot of space open next year or otherwise it's going to be kind of that thing again. Um, we ended up, yeah, most of the time once the pick started, it was like, let's get out of here and go see it somewhere where we can see it on the TV. Oh, yeah. So, we, yeah, we we visited the Kansas City establishments in that way at that time. So, yeah. They didn't do a good job of separating between, like, kid stuff and adult stuff. Like, there should have been two setups. And we, we actually talked about how much dead space there was. Yeah. You know, they did the field goal setup, and then behind that could have been another field goal setup. Mm-hmm. Um, they did the 40-yard dash. Right next to it was enough space for another 40-yard dash. Uh, the, the pocket passer thing right next to it was another space for like, you could have doubled the amount of shit that they had and it would have made everything easier and people would have gotten more reps. And I think people would have had more fun, but yeah, the NFL was seemed very controlling, but it wasn't a great experience. Nashville was top notch, loved everything Nashville did. I hope Detroit learns from this. I hope the NFL doesn't like grab it. And what seemed like it's happening. The NFL is like, no, we get all the money. We're in Kansas City, but we get all the money during the draft. I would right. love to see them actually incorporate the surrounding area a little bit better next year. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's hard, you know, totally. I think maybe we got also very lucky in Nashville. You know, we got that True. nice bar set up on Thursday. Friday we were down the street. But what was nice about Nashville's thing was straight up the street was the shot of the, the stage. Here it was kind of at an yeah. angle where you were missing stuff. You just were. Um and then we uh, we did all of the attraction stuff on Saturday where we hit the road on Saturday this year. Mm-hmm. Where So maybe that would have been easier because, yeah, the whole tent thing that was set up where you walk in and see the Lombardi trophy and, and all these rings and um, fun yeah, th- trophy stuff on the walls, that was set up there as one of the first things you could do when you walk in the park. And uh, you were only doing it if you wanted to stand in line for 50 minutes. Yeah, it didn't make sense. It, it, it was for, just for photos. Whereas, like, when we yeah, were in Nashville, we walked right up into that thing, and you could just go in and out at your at your pace. There was no line. Yeah. So maybe that got better by Saturday, but it was also a weekend in Kansas City with nice weather, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, didn't, it didn't seem like the NFL had a great – mind for the fan experience it very much was the nfl show they had things they wanted to do and they said things they wanted to show you but they didn't seem like they were really focused on the fans having a great time they just kept Mm -hmm. saying you having a good time and you're like yeah and they're like great give us your money (laughs) you know but that's the nfl at its core anyway yeah if you guys saw the pictures on the uh, you know the the overhead shots and stuff as you were watching it that all of that stuff around the uh fountain was like for the vip tickets we you couldn't get that close as a general admission no and then if you saw how packed it was it, it did die down on friday because of rain and stuff but um yeah uh, listen the draft is a lot of fun it was a big it's a big event now obviously so you need to be ready for a lot of people to come into your city and do that stuff and uh can't city can't say did the best they could, but there were some there were some issues. Obviously, mm-hmm. we still had a great time because great oh, yeah. friends, great barbecue, 
and uh you know the nfl and and the the draft is still a lot of fun even when we're just sitting at home on our couches so gotten to do gotten to do a little something there that was a blast i didn't i I actually weighed myself before i went to kansas city maybe this is (laughs) maybe this is problematic uh yeah this is i weighed myself before i went to kansas city i weighed myself when i came back i only gained one pound well all that walking around yeah all that walking around and some devastating bowel movements because of all of that barbecue. Nobody needs nobody needs to hear that. Listen, um, burnt ends. That's what Kansas City was all <laughs> Real pushing good. us there. The burnt ends. Um, your end will be burnt by the end. Oh, no. I owe. Um, that's what we got, you guys, for your uh, uh, push-off podcast uh, 2023 draft recap. Kind of feels like that's where uh, where we have it. Um, you know, my Vikings took about five guys. We'll see what happens. Dan, your your Cowboys. What's your thoughts on your Cowboys draft? It's good. I mean, we plugged uh, some holes. I didn't love the Luke Shoemaker. I would have loved to have gotten Drew Sanders instead, um, anywhere in the second guys. or third round. Um, but we wound up taking eight guys. Um, Deuce Vaughn is not a power runner, so it does still leave the the door open to potentially Zeke coming back. Which would mm-hmm. be exciting, especially mid-season. You go, hey, Zeke, how are your legs? And he's like, I don't know. Uh, throw <laughs> me in there. Let's see what happens. Uh, I'm, and I'm wearing number 15. Go buy the number 15 jersey. It's just a marketing boon. Um, uh. But, yeah, I thought I thought we addressed a few problems. I thought we got depth. And I also don't think we're very far away. So the idea that we added a lot of defensive help um, when our offense, you know, another year with a good offensive line, another year with this wide receiver group, now adding Brandon Cooks, I felt fine about the Cowboys draft. When the drafts aren't real sexy, they tend to be real good. So I'll I'll take this for what it is. Yeah. Um, listen, we we will not be in your ear for a little while, and uh, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Like I don't know what's gonna happen to Dalvin Cook, is it Smith, and stuff like that on the Vikings. So things will happen, and news will break. Uh, if anything big happens, maybe we find a way to get on there in the middle of the summer. But otherwise, everybody enjoy your summer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh yeah as we wrap up season six dan um I don't, i'm trying to think of a fun way to do this any fond memories of the of the year anything like that what would we what did we think of this year uh well i mean 2023 it, if you don't win a super bowl it's it's always a little disappointing but i do remember um watching dak break his thumb in the opening game and thinking to myself right. oh man fuck i spent all this off season excited about this year and there it goes broken thumb he's out six games we're going to lose all six of those games and watching that team pull itself together watching Cooper Rush put it together and it wasn't amazing he did fine um and getting us back into the playoffs it just made me feel even better about where this team was headed moving forward um so that terrible thing that happens at the beginning of the year it became nothing but a positive for the team the team grew from it I think you know it upped our chances of being competitive down the line. So that's my memory is never lose hope, uh, especially mm. in the early part of the season. It's any given Sunday, so you never know how many you can string together. It's a good reminder. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about never losing hope. Uh, 2021 Viking season was a lot of close losses and heartbreaks and stuff like that, and they, they flipped it on its head when Zimmer left and we got this new coach and GM and everything is a, is a new Vikings team, but – just an inch inch or two better but resulted in that many more wins and uh and never giving up hey 33 to nothing <laughs> stuff around <laughs> largest comeback in nfl history amazing um so yeah i 
for as uh, rough as the quick out in the playoffs was, I don't know if I'm getting used to those, but it was a hell of a fun season uh, to get to that point at least. Um, And it was fun with you too, Dan. It was fun discussing all of these push-off games in in the way that only we can. Yeah, we are two people to whom we can tolerate an unlimited amount of football talk. (laughs) uh, And we are always forced by other people's... um, willingness to listen to stop talking but if if we just kept talking football this would go on for hours and hours every week we try to keep it to an hour for the people listening at home <laughs> we could do this for days and yeah. uh, and would enjoy every part of it you are you were someone with whom i shared two basically eight hour road trips with over a three-day span That's and we right. were fine no listen like <laughs> that, would, we're that still would kill talking. lesser men uh, so let's wrap it up before we are tired of each other's voices that much more. No. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, yeah. The plan is to be back just in time for the football season to start next year. So uh, definitely come back and listen to us at that time too, everybody. But uh, enjoy your summer. Enjoy. Do, you, do your best without this NFL football. I know how tough it is. We're right there with you. Uh, if you need uh, somebody to, to ask questions to, find us online. Um, the Push Off Podcast, any of the places where we've put up a, a post or whatever, you can you can write us to it, Twitter, whatever. And, uh, you know, we're still around. But uh, we'll be in your ears in, in a few short months. So, guys, enjoy yourselves. I am Scott. Oh, and well, this, first of all, Dan, Oh, parting words of wisdom? Yeah, I actually have um, several words. I'm going to run through some names because we just had a draft. Yeah. But the future is not always in the first round. Sam Howell. Kyle Trask, Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Desmond Ritter. Uh, who else? Who else? Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo and um, our boy Russell Wilson. All of those are starting quarterbacks in the NFL that were not selected in the first round. Mm. There's a lot of dudes out there. So if you feel like, oh, I missed my quarterback in the first round, uh, I maybe I got this guy in the sixth round. And also, you got to remember... Uh, obviously Tom Brady, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but Joe Montana. There's been guys up and down the history of the NFL that have been able to turn late-round selections into Hall of Fame careers and quality starts. So the first round sexy, but, man, it's uh, it's the second, third, fourth, fifth, all the way through that builds your roster. So if you didn't love your draft, that's okay. You never know who's sitting there as an undrafted free agent, Tony Romo, Kurt Warner. Uh, and you never know who in your third or fourth round is going to wind up being a great long time every time starter. So get excited, yeah. no matter what happens. A couple months, uh, once mini camps start opening up, that's when you start to see what these kids are capable of. All right, guys. So we will be back when we uh, when we get a good look at that. Um, thank you guys again so much. I am Scott, and this is Dan. We'll see you for season seven. How about that? All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.